welcome to Just James, the podcast. We hope this episode enlightens, illuminates, and illustrates a new outlook for your life. And now, here is our host. Well, hello, 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 everyone. This is the Just James podcast. It is me. It is me. It is PJV. Yeah, you're rocking with your boy. Uh, pilot episode, everybody. <laughs> it's been a long, long time coming. Um, I just want to say thank you to all my supporters, all those that's been uh, speaking life into me. Uh, I really appreciate everything that uh, that you're doing, uh, how and how that has helped me uh, process everything uh, better. You know, so uh, just been a long time coming. Well, um, let's get into the episode. Um, This is the pilot episode. It's the launch of everything. And uh, this episode for me is probably going to be one of my most vulnerable episodes. Um, When this episode is released, it should be released on January the 22nd. It's an important day for me. And the reason why it's so important is because that that's the day that my father would have been 74 years old. Yeah, 74 years old. And as I grow, as I mature, and as I develop, and I look back uh, at 2021, uh, the year that he passed. Um, going into 2022, going into 2023, now I'm in 2024. Um, there's a lot of things that I now see um, in hindsight uh, going through all the things that I've been through. And uh, yeah, it it's very real for me. For those who don't know, uh, my father uh, was a his name was Apostle Doctor Carter Vito. He had forty years of ministry. Um, he had twenty years in New Orleans, twenty years here in Alabama, and he uh, he flowed. You know, with, with the Holy Ghost, but he was also a very educated man. Um, he balanced the pneumatological and the hermeneutical very well. And uh, he was my hero. Uh, he was my Superman. He was my father. He taught me so well, and many others he taught so well. And I'm just looking back at everything that's happened. And I wish he was here to see it. I, uh, I wish she was able to see his grandson going to kindergarten and be at the Christmas show. 
she was able to see me operate in a high level of the anointing that I do now. I wish she was able to see me fight for justice for Steve Perkins. I wish she could hear me preach the way I preach now. It's different from when, when he was alive. The last time I saw my father was on October, uh, I think October the 1st. Yeah, October 1st. And uh, got a call from the doctor's office. And they said, hey, uh, first they called my, my then wife. She said, hey, you know, something's going on with dad and you need to pick up the phone. So, uh, picked up the phone and talked to the doctor, and the doctor said, uh, hey, just want you to know that your father coded three times, three to four times, but we brought him back, but we don't think he's going to be around here any longer, that he's losing his battle with COVID and having complications with his kidneys, because they've been shutting down for a long time. So I drop off uh, my son at my mother-in-law's house. Uh, I, uh, from where our house was to where the hospital was, it was like about 30 minutes. We got there about 15, <laughs> 20 to 15. Make it to the hospital and uh, get to the room and the doctor's doing chest compressions on, on my father. And uh, the doctor came, came to me and said, hey James, I'm glad you're here. Listen, you have a choice. Either we continue the chest compressions or we have to break his ribs or you have to let him go. You know, I hear stories about how people say, oh, I only had, you know, a few days with my loved one, or a few hours, a few minutes. I didn't have a few seconds because he was, he was uh, on the breathing machine. He was asleep. And I didn't have uh, uh, the time to sort through thoughts or options or anything like that. I had to make a decision. And in that moment, I said, let him go. The doctor stopped the chest compressions. They left, and they gave me some time. And he was gone. The last thing to go was his heart. His funeral was October the 9th. West Lawrence Memorial Gardens, Cortland, Alabama, noon. And I eulogized him. My best friend, uh, Bishop Patrick Tucker, was the mortician. And uh, he folded my father's prayer shawl that was on his body and his crucifix. And he put it in my hand and I fell to my knees. Because it just 
It didn't feel real. I gave the crucifix to my brother Lucian and I held his my father's mantle in my hand, his his prayer shawl in my hand. I looked at it, dressed all up in his garb that he would wear. And I told myself, we're here now. We gotta get through this. I took a deep breath and I put his prayer shawl over my shoulders. People came from far and wide. I got calls all the way from Texas to Florida to Kentucky and Virginia about my father. Even those who were at that funeral a year later weren't there. I had to summarize 40 years of ministry in four points and do my father justice. And at that funeral, with me being a preacher's kid, and for those who are preacher's kids, you know the whole people pleasing and you know watching people dishonor your parents in front of you. You wanted to go after them. Come on, y'all, y'all know. I had to look at those people, and I said these very words. I said, "Some of y'all are here." Some of y'all have called my father a cult leader. You called him a warlock and everything but a child of God. Yet he still pastored y'all and served y'all and served the community. And I was aware that um at that time, I had an air of arrogance or pride in a sense, but it really wasn't arrogance or pride. It was a shield because I did not want them to hurt me like they hurt him. And I was scared that they was going to do me like they did him. And from that point on, I realized I was doing ministry behind a brick wall. And that is impossible. It is completely impossible to preach a gospel of reconciliation and not reconcile with the people who hurt him. And some of those people who badmouthed him were at that funeral. And I knew exactly who they were. And in front of God and in front of my father's body, my family, my, my friends, I said, I forgive y'all. Because if I cannot live and walk this gospel of reconciliation, I might as well take my license and ordination papers and put it in the, in the grave with it. As I'm, re as I'm recollecting it, I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost on me right now. Because I realize that I've been preaching for a long time, from the age of three years old. I, was a, I gave my, my initial sermon at the age of 10. I stopped preaching at 12, came back at 21. So the majority of my life I've been preaching. 
but it was in 2021. I can say that that's when my ministry started at my father's funeral. That's when my ministry started. And I've been going strong ever since. This is my third birthday without you. And uh, I have my moments. There's times when I laugh. There's times when I cry. If there was anything I could say, Father, if there was anything I could say, Dad, it would be thank you. Because you, you've asked this question so many times, am I making a difference where I'm at? Because I feel like I'm not making any changes where I am. If you were here with me, I would tell you that you've made all the difference in the world. Every time I look in the mirror, I see you. I love you. I miss you. years I've been on this journey without your voice without your embrace without your presence it hasn't been easy but you left me with something the bible says a it's a wise man that leaves an inheritance for his children. And you left me an inheritance, not just tangibly, but you gave me the greatest inheritance that any child could have. And it is how to fall in love with Jesus Christ. she was at that revival to see I wish she could see Joshua grow up because we're thinking about putting him in sports this year that you can be at his games I, I wish she could see where victory is going But you're not here. 
you didn't teach me Jesus, I don't know where I would be. My prayer is that on the day that I close my eyes that my children will honor me like I honor you. They will love me like I loved you. And they will remember my voice like I remember yours. And that and that their father did everything that they could that he could to to make their lives better sometimes you felt inadequate but yet you gave me grace and I gave you grace because I understood that you didn't have the training from your father yet you gave me what you didn't have Victory is growing and we're strong, stable. There's been no confusion, but I cannot act like we don't miss you. I miss you sitting on your chair, watching your congregation. I miss you getting on that Hammond organ and playing those old chords, singing those old songs. You taught us, you trained us, and you loved us. And you taught me how to love God's people. You trained me in the work of the ministry, but also in the work of the kingdom. Apostle Dr. Carter Vito. Father. Dad. The big guy. Thank you. Thank you for all the sacrifices that you made. Thank you for the times that 
you wanted to speak up, but you kept your mouth shut. Thank you for the rebuke and the training, for the discipline. So where do I go from here? How do I begin this journey of 2024 at the stage of my life, the where it is now? One step at a time. A day at a time. That the future is coming, but I gotta be faithful over what I am a steward over right now. Daddy, I love you. I miss you. You are the greatest my hero, my Superman. Thank you. Signed, James Edward Vito. Thank you for listening to Just James, the podcast. If this episode helped you and you know it can help someone you know, please like, follow, subscribe, and share from all platforms to stay updated on new episodes. In the meantime and in between time, peace and increase.